This is Cruise Radio. I cruise a lot and I always sail with travel insurance. You should too. Get a free quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Carnival Sunshine today. So a couple of weeks ago, we did Sunrise. Going to switch it up and do the sister ship this week. Also answering some of your shore excursion questions with cruisingexcursions.com. And Sherry Laskin is here from, uh, where is she this week? I think she's in Valdez, Alaska today. So we'll check in with her in just a couple of moments. She's standing by. Uh, Before we get to Sherry, though, Cruise Radio News, our daily quick hits of the news. You can find it Monday through Friday. Wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, just type in Cruise Radio News. Also, the Cruise Radio YouTube channel has some stuff going on over there. And by the way, so last week I asked if... uh, If you like this show, if you could leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to the show, if you did that, thank you so much. I see a few of them on there. If you haven't, and if you would take a few seconds, I would be very, very grateful. All right, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Hi, Sherry. Hey, Doug. So kicking off Cruise News with a sad incident that happened Monday at Princess Key. Yeah, this was, uh, this is pretty sad. It's kind of scary. Nearly three dozen Carnival Ecstasy passengers were injured as a result of a shore excursion accident on Monday morning. In a statement, Carnival Cruise Line said, this is their explanation, a shore excursion bus with 32 guests from Carnival Ecstasy was involved in an accident near Rock Sound, Eleuthera, which is in the Bahamas, just a little bit north of Princess Keys. The statement, uh, the statement continued, all guests on the bus were seen at the local medical clinic, 28 were cleared, to return to the ship, four guests with more serious injuries and two family members were airlifted for treatment. One went to a hospital in Nassau and three went to a hospital in Fort Lauderdale. So far, the cause of the accident is unknown and no other vehicles were involved. So, of course, an investigation is underway. In the meantime, Carnival reports that the Cathedral Cove Ocean Hole and Rock Sound Island tours have been suspended for the time being. Carnival Ecstasy uh, was on a five-day Bahamas cruise that departed Jacksonville on June 22. Mm. Norwegian Cruise Line has stopped their open bar on two cruise ships. Well, I was wondering when this would finally happen. Norwegian Cruise Line just announced that they will discontinue their all-inclusive beverage program on two of their ships. So as of September 7th of this year, Neither Norwegian Sky or Norwegian Sun will include an an unlimited bar option with the cost of the cruise fare. Now, since 2015, Norwegian Sun and Norwegian Sky have included an open bar on their short cruises, which either went to the Bahamas or more recently was able to go to Cuba. Passengers who already have bookings that are past the cutoff date will still be able to enjoy their unlimited booze. Norwegian Cruise Line will pretty much grandfather them in and honor their original offer. So in theory, you can still have an open bar sailing as long as you choose the all-inclusive drink package as your free at-sea choice. And it's, you know, the amount that you receive of these perks is based on the category of your stateroom. So just to recap, Norwegian Sun departs from Port Canaveral on Florida's Space Coast. On three and four night cruises to the Bahamas and from Port Miami, Norwegian Sky also has three and four night jaunts to the Bahamas, but they will not have their open bar policy anymore. 
MSC Cruises has detailed their upcoming island. What is it called? Ocean Harvest K? Uh, Ocean Key is what I have so far. In fact, the official title that I just found, maybe, and they, I think they have uh, revamped a little Ocean Key MSC Marine Reserve. Okay. So what did they announce? Okay. Well, they announced, and this is set to open in less than four months. So, you know, they, they want to do an ecological um, immersion type program and to showcase, you know, the beauty of the Bahamas. So they're creating educational programs that they're calling edutainment. So visitors can learn more about protecting the oceans and preserving the coral reef. But here's what they're adding now. When it's complete, the island will have eight beaches located around the island. You know, they're not all clustered in one big chunk. And they're going to have non-motorized water sports to include paddleboarding and kayaking. To cool off, they're adding Seekers Family Cove. So it'll be a family area with a small, shallow lagoon and a sandy beach with a lifeguard. And adjacent to that will be Seekers Food Court. It's the typical complimentary buffet that you find on the private islands, and it will serve American food for adults. There will be a spa at Ocean Key is what it's called. And they're going to have a beta product and offer massage treatment areas so that you can hear the sound of the ocean while you're having your massage. At night, the area around the 98-foot red and white lighthouse will come to life with a light show, and you can watch this from either the bar or if you're on the beach, you can sit around a fire pit and watch the light show. There's also going to be an astronomer guide, and he, he or she will have state-of-the-art computerized tracking telescopes for anyone who's interested in stargazing. Virgin Voyages gave more details about their new rock star suites. Yeah, Richard Branson certainly wants his guests to feel like rock stars. So if they spend the money and stay in a rock star suite. Here's the latest list of included perks they'll receive, and these are pretty awesome. They're going to get backstage access, private transfers to and from the ship, premium Wi-Fi, access to a private members club that's on board, and, and this is cute, nightly express swimwear drying service. Mega rock stars also will have their own personal hair and makeup team, an outdoor shower, a personalized bottomless bar, so whatever you want to drink, they'll stock it for you, free drinks anywhere on board, a daily pass for the Redemption Spa Thermal Suite, and complimentary laundry service. Not bad for a rock star. All right, so we have a listener question from Louie. This is a two-part question. Uh, my question is, my family is going on a Pacific Coastal Cruise, San Francisco, Monterey, San Diego, and Ensenada, Mexico. Is it a casino open on coastal cruises? And then the second part is, if you win in the casino, do you have to report your winnings like you would in a Vegas casino? Louis, for your first question, uh, yes, the casinos will be open. Ships sail out into international waters, so they can open the casino, and they can also open the shop. So, you know, it, it behooves them to move out a little bit so that they can have some more onboard revenue. And for part two, I, you know, I want to preface this with, I'm not an accountant, but I did a little bit of research, and uh, here's what I found out. So all money won on a cruise ship with winnings of less than $1,200 do not require the casino to issue the IRS form W-2G. It's up to the taxpayer to fess up and report it on their 1040. But the casino must make IRS reports on cash transactions of more than $10,000 made in a single day by a single individual. 
Now, if you're lucky enough, and I wish I was, to, to win over $1,200 in a single payout, the casino is required to issue that person an IRS form W-2G. And then the winner must include it as income on their 1040. So it's a little bit of the honor system if you're under $1,200. But if you win tw- over 12 in a single payout, that's when the paperwork comes in. And you have to, definitely, you have to report it. I mean, you do either way, but that one, <laughs> that one is being tracked. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I didn't realize there were so many rules. In the. I guess you don't really think of that, right? Like you go into the, ca- the cruise ship casino... And you win big, and the last thing you think about is having to report it to the IRS because you're on vacation and you're in uh, in international waters. Then you get slapped with, hey, we have to report this. I remember I've heard um, someone once was telling me the story that they did have a really big win in a casino. And the casino manager came over and escorted them to the cage to fill out the paperwork. My biggest win was, I think, $686 on a Wheel of Fortune slot machine, so I've never come anywhere near 1200 Yeah, yeah. It's just a Sunday honor system to report it if you're under 1200 On that note, we'll say we've been talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. We know you can't go on every single cruise. So we do it for you. Find over 200 ship reviews and money-saving tips at cruiseradio.net or search Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Every day, thousands of cruisers set sail to the Caribbean and are increasingly choosing their shore excursions through CruisingExcursions.com. Why Cruising Excursions? With prices up to 60% lower than cruise lines, around-the-clock customer service, and guarantees that give you a peace of mind, why not? So whether you're looking to zipline in Jamaica, snorkel in Nassau, or see Mayan ruins in Mexico, market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com has you covered. Book your family's next shore excursion at cruisingexcursions.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. So Tim and his wife just returned from a five-night cruise aboard Carnival Sunshine out of Port Canaveral. The cruise actually went to Amber Cove, which is in the DR, and Grand Turk. Tim joins us on the line. Hey, Tim. Hey, Doug. How are you? Good, man. Welcome back. It's been about nine months since we chatted last time. That was on, what, Carnival Liberty you were on? Yeah, okay. uh, episode 474. There you go. All right. But as always, we'll take a step back. I know you're up in um, North Dakota, is it? Yes, okay. Fargo. Yes, there you go. So uh, give us some pre-cruise thoughts. First thought was anywhere warm, that's where we're going. <laughs> always a big part. Pre-cruise thoughts, usually uh, when we're picking a cruise right now, um, being that this was only our third, is destinations. So we're, we really look at destinations uh and Grand Turk and Amber Cove were two places we had not been. And so 
uh, that was one reason we picked what we did. You make your way down to Orlando from North Dakota. Any pre-cruise time in Orlando or Port Canaveral? Um, we go in a day early all the time, just uh, being we have to fly in. And the first cruise we took, we had big issues. So we always fly in a day early. So, yeah, we come in, we stay there on, on Cocoa Beach and uh, kind of walk around and do things. And we actually went to this place. I have to plug it. Uh, a New York pizza house. OK. And we got this calzone that was like the size of my head. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was awesome. And it was called the New York Pizza House? Yes. Okay. I'll check that out next time I'm down there. So how, how was your embarkation experience at Port Canaveral? It was great. We, uh, this is the first time we ever got faster to the fun, and it was well worth it. We got there uh, off our shuttle. We were like second or third in line. We went through the people. We went to security. Uh, all those people were just happy and joking with us. You would have thought they were going on the cruise. <laughs> we were in, and we were in the very first seats to go on to the ship. I don't know how my wife and I did it, but we were the first two seats right by the door to go into the ship. I do love the embarkation staff at Port Canaveral because other cruise ports like Miami and Lauderdale and a little bit at Tampa, they're kind of rough around the edges. But these folks are, you're right, they are super friendly. So what would you say from curb to ship, how long did it take you to get on? Being that we were there kind of early, we sat there for a while inside, but we weren't outside very long at all. Um, I can't remember how long we sat there, but the process, I mean, with Faster to the Fun and that fast that line, we were through and sitting there and ready to get on in no time, though. I mean, that was maybe 20 minutes. So you would recommend if someone didn't have priority status, like Faster to the Fun was totally worth it? Yeah, plus, you know, you get to go to your cabin early. Mm -hmm. So we went and dropped off our stuff, and you're supposed to get your suitcase early, but we did not. Um, but other than that, but still being able to drop off the things that we were carrying around and get into our cabin early was just, to me, that was worth it. You make your way on board Carnival Sunshine. What were your impressions? Uh, you know, like the other Carnival ship that we went on was was Liberty. I liked the looks of this one better uh, for the lobby and everything. Um, it was big, open, beautiful. Uh, I love the bar, although I think... The bar over to the side on the Liberty against one wall is a little bit better because I think for the flow uh, getting around. But I really liked the looks of Sunshine. Yeah. Uh, that atrium is so much different than it is on Carnival Liberty, right? Yeah. I I, I feel like Liberty just seems a lot smaller. This mm -hmm. one just seems really big, open, and brighter. Before uh, Sunshine went into the dry dock, when it was Carnival Destiny, the atriums were about the same size, but they did a good job with the decorations and everything to make Sunshine feel, uh, I guess, a little more open. So you make your way to your stateroom because you had faster to the fun. You got to go there a little bit early. What kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it? We had kind of one of the different ones. We had, you know, um, window view type room there, but it was in the aft of the ship and it's this L-shaped room. Mm -hmm. And uh, I tried to find information before we booked on it, and I couldn't really find any pictures. But um, we actually had two windows because when you enter, you go down a long hall, and then it goes off. So we actually have two windows, and it, to me, I don't know if space-wise actually is any bigger, but it sure felt like it was a bigger cabin. And so it really seemed like it was separated from where the couch and stuff was. At, to where the bed was, and it almost made it feel like a suite in a way. You would say there was plenty of space and everything? Plenty of space, and um, 
we really liked uh, having the two windows, so it made it so much brighter in there. It is in the aft of the ship. I will say when we're docking, if you're really sensitive to any noises, I mean, you could hear a clunk here and there. You didn't hear engine roar or anything like that. I mean, we were on the second floor, but we didn't hear engine noise, just the clunks every once in a while. But we were up anyway. We're docking. We're getting up to the ship. That stateroom that you stayed in, was it the very last room uh, on deck two? Not quite the last because the corner, then you got kind of a corner thing where one door walks in and it splits off to two different rooms. Right. So those are on the corner. Okay. We would be the right after that. And I did put a video of it on YouTube and it's cabin 2335. So if you just Google up the sunshine cabin 2335, somebody could find that if they wanted to check that out. Cool. Yeah. We'll also link that up in the show description. Um, so let's talk about dining. What time dining did you have and what did you think of that? Anytime. And if anybody heard the last one, they heard that we had never eaten in the main dining room before. <laughs> and, and you thought that was really odd. And, and I agree it was. So we did eat in the main dining room this time. It was good. Everybody, the hosts and everybody was just wonderful. And they did their dancing. And it was just a good time. And we were sitting right in the back with the windows. I was situated so I could just look right out the windows we loved it. We loved the lava cake. As far as the anytime dining in the aft dining room, do they give you a pager there or were you able to just walk right in? Um, we actually had to go up and can't remember where it was near the alchemy bar. Mm -hmm. Kind of like register there and we got a printout. Then we had to go back down and and we just were able to be seated right away. So there's the main dining room. Let's talk about some of the fo other food around the ship. So did you do steakhouse at all? No, we didn't do okay. any specialty dining except for we got the we went and did all the free lunchtime ones. So okay. we ate at Gigi's and um, Capitano, the Italian Cucina del Capitano. There you go. There you yes, go. we did that. Um, Havana Bar had uh, or Havana Bar had some stuff there. We were trying, and uh, so we kind of tried all those things at lunchtime and. And uh, we liked all of them. And the Gigi's was kind of different. I'd never tried any of that before, mm -hmm. to be honest. And so that was my first experience stepping into any of that food. I'm, I don't even like Chinese food so much. So this was really different for me. And I liked it. And yeah. so Yeah, that Mongolian walk is good. Um, yeah. How about the guy's burger joint? What kind of burger did you roll with? Oh, I I usually just get whatever the, the basic one is. Mm -hmm. And then I go pile on all the stuff that I want on there. Gotcha. And I'm not sure how many, <laughs> I ate way too many of those things. Blue iguana too. Yeah, we tried that for the first time as well. And that was good. Yeah, we really liked that. In fact, the thing that was terrible is that I wanted to keep going back to all these places, but you know, you just eat too much. You just can't no matter how much you want. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the Lido deck buffet. What were your thoughts of that as far as dining in the Lido deck area? Did you find there being plenty of space with the Havana bar just after there, or did you find it being a little cramped at times? Talk to us about that. Yeah, it was a little cramped. And so what we would do is we'd go sit in the Havana bar with our food just to kind of get out of there being, it was a little cramped. Um, compared to Liberty, I felt like you could get to the stations easier. Liberty seemed harder to maneuver around. Uh, so I liked that you could get to the stations a little easier. Uh, one of our other complaints about it was that the food didn't really change the entire time. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing that's because you had the, all the options of the guys, burgers and blue iguana and you know, the, all that. So you could get those foods. So we didn't eat as much in there as 
we probably have in past cruises. Plus, Liberty has the kind of like, I guess you would say, the forward and the aft Lido area, right? Whereas Sunshine just has that one middle one. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's a little easier to navigate on Liberty. Um, So we touched on all of that. Uh, Did you try the pizza at all? Uh, Yeah. As usual, it's it's pizza. That's the best pizza in the world, and it's not the worst. No such thing as bad pizza. <laughs> right. So it's it's pizza. Is there a seafood shack on there? No. Okay. They did. You know, the there was the little uh, I can't remember what it's called cafe though. You know, so I did get a panini sandwich or something mm-hmm. like that at that one time. That was good. The uh, Sunshine Deli is that what it's called? Yeah, they, I believe I, that might be what it's called. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about the entertainment on board. Uh, how was it on this five-night sailing? The usual, uh, whatever they call them, the players or whatever, rock show type thing. Uh, one, I have to say I didn't like the entertainment as much as on Liberty. Liberty, when they did the rock show, they actually had a band playing. Mm-hmm. This was just them singing the pre-recorded music, things like that. So I feel like I would have liked to see it in up a notch. Uh, it was still enter- entertaining. We saw the comedians. uh one of them being he was a former Carnival cruise director himself and now is a, a stand-up comedian. So he, some of his insight of, to the world of cruising was kind of interesting and funny. Other than that, uh, I can't remember all the shows that we saw. Trivia. We did do trivia. That took an awkward turn when I participated in that. And, and I, <laughs> Why I is that? Get, I've never heard that before. <laughs> and I did get my ship on a stick. But I will never be able to run for office again or, oh or at all if, if the video is out there of me from, from that. So that's all I can say about that one. Were you plowing people down? No, it just it wasn't trivia after a while. OK, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, as far as sea days go on this five day sailing, you had a couple there. So uh, how were the sea days with crowds and congestion? This was probably the most crowded ship we've been on. When we wanted to go out to the pool, it was difficult to play, find a place out there. Um, in fact, one thing, we were up in the Serenity area, and we went and sat in a hot tub. When we came back, somebody had taken and moved all our stuff and everything, so we lost our chairs. And it, it was just a little short on space on the sea days. So that that made it a little less enjoyable and then another thing is I wish they would have kept the bar up in the Serenity area open a little longer. Mm-hmm. We went to get drinks and there and, it, you know, it was so busy and so packed that I went to get drinks and they were closing it down. And they said, you got to go down to one of the other ones who went down there and there's 20 people in line and it made it quite the wait. Uh, so that part was a little rougher. Uh, I do like the layout of the ship when you walk around Liberty, like when they would do photos, Mm -hmm. they would be right in the walkways. Here, it seemed they had things pushed off to the side where it didn't tamper any traffic that way. It was just a pool area that seemed like it was a little little crazier than than the other ships we have ever been on. I think it's very strange that on a sea day that the Serenity Bar wasn't open whenever... Probably a third of the ship is in Serenity. Yeah, it, I thought it was weird, too, that it was, I can't even remember what time it was, but it was pretty early. And so, like I said, yeah, we had to wait in quite the line to, to be able to get a drink. And so I wish they would have kept that open. But that's small yeah. tweaking that they, they can do. And maybe there was some other reason they closed it earlier. I don't know. Around the casino, how was it as far as the smoking situation, like when you were walking through the casino? Because you pretty much have to walk through the casino on that ship. Was there a really bad smoking smell or was there a really bad smoking smell outside of the casino at all? I didn't feel like outside of the casino you noticed it, but walking through a little bit, yeah. Uh, Smoke doesn't bother me as much as my wife. She would notice it instantly. 
Um, I, and then she'd say something. I'd be like, oh, yeah, OK, it is there. Um, not outrageous. In fact, we didn't feel like the casino seemed outrageously busy at any particular time walking through there either. So the two ports of call you hit on this sailing were Amber Cove and Grand Turk. So we'll talk about Amber Cove first. What'd you do down there? The one thing that we couldn't find on this trip was excursions that we wanted to do. So we didn't do any excursions. Uh, all the excursions seemed to be like five hours long. We'd like to get out and we like to see how the people live. We like to see the culture and all that kind of stuff. But they were just they were so long we just felt like it was gonna take up too much time. So we hung out at the pool, had some drinks, got an umbrella, and did a little zip lining right there at the at the pool. Fun. And then you went to Grand Turk. What'd you do there? There we went down to Jack's shack. Fun. And uh boy, if you get off the ship, the first thing I would say tell people is go down the Jack Shack. Don't get the first chairs because they price them a little too high. <laughs> and then walk down the Jack Shack and um it was a little weedy that day, but the water was beautiful, clear. Topher and uh, Calypso came out, and we played with the dogs and ate some jerk chicken and fries. And that jerk sauce that they had is awesome, and I wish I had some right now. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because a lot of people have been talking about the like the seaweed situation over the past couple of months down in Grand Turk. I mean, was it like really bad, or was it like was it actually like floating in the water, or was it more just? Covering the sand, uh, covering, I guess, the sand under the surf. Totally sand under the surf. And it was about um, eight, 10 foot wide sloth, it seemed like. You could walk in so far, um, you know, maybe up to your chest, and then the seaweed would start. And But you could just swim over that about 10 feet. And once you got past that, it was clear again. So it was more probably the first 10, 10 or 15 feet from the shoreline into the water? Yeah, okay. exactly. Did it span all the way from where you like walked off the ship all the way down to Jack Shack? It kind of looked at it. I did take a few pictures from up on the ship before we left, and it looked like I could see how just pretty much that entire distance was had some seaweed there. So hmm. Interesting. Okay. And you're right. I've seen that on some message boards and stuff, too, where some, some days it sounds like there's nothing, and then other days there's more, and we just kind of got that middle of the road because it was not floating in the water. It was not up on the beach or anything like that. It was just that area in the water. I need to look more into this whole seaweed thing because when I was in Costa Maya a couple of months ago, they had people raking the seaweed out of the water just as fast as they were. It was coming in. Pretty wild. It must be like a some kind of bloom or something. I'm not, not sure. I know nothing about seaweed. So we'll go to uh, heading back to Port Canaveral. You make your way back there. How was your disembarkation? Fast. We did the self-assist. And uh, I, th- I want to say from cabin to out at our shuttle, it was 25 minutes. We were out there. You flew. So did you actually take the shuttle straight to the airport? Luckily, I had a free rental car coming. So we went and took a rental car and we drove around and went down to... Uh, Disney Springs and and ate down there and came back to the airport kind of late and flew out and was home sometime after midnight that night. I mean, I have to ask you, since you spent five nights eating at Guy's Burger Joint, did you get to check out Guy's Restaurant at Disney Springs? No, we didn't. Actually, ate at the Rainforest Cafe. Okay. But um, I don't know if we just didn't see that or what. It's called Chicken Guy. Oh. And it's all chicken tenders uh, grilled and fried and sandwiches with like 40 different types of wing sauce. It's actually a pretty cool place and pretty good chicken, too. I'll have to remember that next yeah. time we're down there. Uh, and speaking of the next time, do you have any other cruises booked? Just booked it this week. You know, after this one and being kind of crowded and stuff. And I will say, too, about the ship, one thing, it makes me sound like I'm old, but <laughs> the, <laughs> the music, 
the thumping music was nonstop. And it didn't matter if you were in the lobby or if you're in the pool or where you were. They just didn't seem to have anything different. When we were on Liberty, they had violinists in the lobby for a while. They just didn't ever seem to have anything like that. <laughs> and so we were a little tired of that. And we said, next time we're going to go on a royal ship again. But we ended up booking another carnival. And um, we're going to go on the Horizon, which was part of the reason that one sold us, being it's such a new ship. Mm-hmm. And we'll be going to... Um, Grand Cayman, Cozumel, and Ocho Rios, Jamaica. Awesome. When is that? That will be uh, next August here. Looking back, do you have any first-time tips to offer? You know, the the faster to the fun, I suggest that. I also would say, you know, I mentioned the chairs there on Grand Turk and stuff. We don't drink a lot, so we usually buy the drinks, but we do get the pop package. If you are going to take it, weigh that out, too, because this last time we started thinking maybe we would not get that next time. Hmm. Uh, although we do, I do drink a lot of pop. But I think the fact that you got to go to the bars all the time to get it just kind of deterred me from getting as many as I normally would and don't know that I actually spent as much as I, I would have. So just like the drink package, when people weigh that out for the pop package, I'd weigh that out, too, because I just didn't think we used it as much. Is that like eight bucks a day? Something like that, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. See how many sodas you will drink and maybe consider just bringing cans on if you aren't going to break even. Yeah, in fact, that's what we're thinking for the next ship. We're, un- we're unsure. Mm-hmm. And I think the whole half, like I said, even that one time, 20 minute, 20 people in line to just to get a pop was yeah. making it a little frustrating. And so I'd just go get a lemonade because it was faster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for you? I got to say that, you know, just being on a cruise all together is a lot of fun. My wife won a, a bottle of wine. Uh, so I, that's another suggestion, too. We were, we don't usually go to the shopping things and all that stuff, but they were going to do one for excursions. Mm-hmm. And they actually gave away some really nice excursions. And uh, we didn't win one of those, but we did win a photo shoot and a bottle of wine at that. So that was kind of cool. So we got the free, some free uh, beautiful pictures of my wife and I on the ship. And things like that. So that was kind of nice. In closing, final thoughts of Carnival Sunshine. I think it's a good, nice, beautiful ship. I love all the things. Of course, it's got the guy's burgers, which uh, I gained 10 pounds on. I haven't lost yet. <laughs> you know, it's an older ship. But I think with that, the, when they refurbish it and call it Sunshine, I just think they did a beautiful job. Um, the Liquid Lounge, I think you and I even talked about that, that it's not as nice of a theater as, as some of the other ships. And the entertainment wasn't is nice but overall we really liked the ship itself better than than like liberty altogether um the lava cake was good go to the java blue and get the chocolate cake they have there i think that the lava cake was good but we got a chocolate cake there that blew away that lava cake i think that was really really nice the biggest highlight was just being on a cruise with my wife relaxing having some drinks and not thinking about what day or time it is I love it. We've been talking to Tim about his five-night cruise on Carnival Sunshine. Tim, don't be a stranger, man. Thanks for stopping by. No, I'll come back and review the next, the Horizon if you want. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News Skill so you can get daily updates anytime. Straight from Cruise Radio. We always enjoy answering your shore excursion questions. On the line today is Rob from CruisingExcursions.com. Hey, Rob. 
Good morning, Doug. How you doing? Good morning, my friend. Our first question we have, I am going on a cruise in August, leaving from Venice on Rhapsody of the Seas, and we're going to Greece, Catacolon, and Santorini. Could you recommend any good excursions for these places? Definitely. There's two that spring to mind straight away. So um, for Catacolon, to start there, we have our Olympia Treasures and History Tour. Now, with this tour, you take in um, a fully guided tour of the ruins of ancient Olympia, which um, were dedicated to Zeus. And they're located at the foot of Mount Kronios. And they're a definite must-see site for when you're in Catacolon. You know, obviously, there's a lot of history there. With myself, I'm really into Greek history and mythology. So that definitely would tick all the boxes for myself. Um, of course, the tour includes an English-speaking tour guide as well. So they're going to help to bring to life the ruins of Olympia. And you'll really make the most of your time while in uh, Catacolon. For Santorini, we have a, quite a similar tour. Our exploring, acroteri and wine-tasting tour. Now, this is perfect for those customers who are maybe visiting Santorini for the first time. And they want to see all the most scenic destinations, all the best photo stops that this island has to offer. And with this tour, you will tick off all of those. First of all, you'll go to Oya, which is a gorgeous hilltop town um, where you'll see some gorgeous sights um, from Santorini overlooking the ocean. The tour would then move on to Akrotiri, which is another archaeological site and the ruins there. And your guide, again, will help bring to life the the ancient days of um, Akrotiri and how, and how life used to be there. Before then, moving on to Fira. Now, this is probably everyone's favourite part of the tour, when you get to do a little bit of wine tasting mm-hmm. in the afternoon. Um, and, of course, whilst you're in uh, Santorini, the views, wherever you are, are absolutely splendid. So um, I definitely recommend to take a camera on this tour because you'll get some fantastic snapshots. And um, it is definitely a must-do for those who are visiting Santorini for the first time. Next question comes from Jen. I'm taking a cruise from Venice. Uh, we are spending a few extra days in Venice after the cruise. Any must-dos? Yes, yeah, so of course, for Venice, that's quite a popular question that we get asked here for those who are doing either a pre- or post-stay um, in the city before their cruise. Now, the tour I would always recommend is our essential collection, three-island excursion of Murano, Burano, and Torcello. Now, this tour gives you um, a little glimpse into the hidden gems of Venice, and the islands that surround um, the city to be a four-hour boat tour. First of all, you would visit Murano, where you would have um, attendance at a glass-making workshop, because it's quite famous for its glass-blowing um, on the island. From there, you would then move on to Burano, which is quite famous for its lace and uh, textiles. So there you would, um, you would see you know, some demonstrations of how they make the lace um, and that sort of thing while you're there. Before then, moving on to Burano, now, Burano is famous for its uh, Byzantine cathedral and um, its ceramic work as well. So you'll have 40 minutes of each of these little islands. And it just gives you a little snapshot into, um, into what Venice has to offer, really. No, it's not all about the bridges and the canals. But it does have this really unique culture surrounding the island itself. Um, and it is an extremely popular tour that we offer, so I definitely would recommend that one. I have some friends going to Naples, and they're wondering if they have any good excursions to do some wine tasting. So, um, yeah, there's not many uh, better places to do wine tasting than Naples, really. So the first tour that springs to mind is our Pompeii and Winery Tour with lunch. Now, it's a small group tour, so the main benefit of that, it's a maximum of 25 passengers. So it's a much more relaxed pace on the day. You can have that more one-on-one time with your guide, should you have any questions that you may wish to ask as well. So the tour would start with um, a journey to Pompeii, where your guide would really help bring to life um, the typical everyday, day-to-day life of the ordinary man in Pompeii. 
give you a feel for what the city would have been like when it was bustling before the volcano did destroy everything. So you get to see, um, obviously, the artifacts that have been uncovered there and the ash casts of the body. And actually, 60% of the site of Pompeii is still uncovered and they're still excavating every day and there's new finds being found. So it really is a, a fascinating place to visit and really quite emotional as well. It, does, um, it definitely evokes some feeling within you when you walk into the, the town square and you can see Vesuvius in the background and to think that this city was alive and bustling and then all disappeared in just a day. So it, you know, it's a fa fascinating part of the tour. And then once you've had that tour of Pompeii, I think then everyone's ready for a glass of wine and some lunch. So the tour would then go to uh, Mount Vesuvius We'd see some spectacular views of the volcano um, before moving on to the winery itself. Now, you'd have a light lunch there and a tasting from six different wines from the local winery. And once you've had your lunch and a bit of a chat and you've done your wine tasting, they will then take you on a tour of the vineyards you know, to see where the wine is, is, is grown and, and the process that's used to, to brew the wine and bottle it from there. All right, the next one. We are going to Athens on our cruise. Is there a tour where we would be able to visit the Acropolis? So, of course, obviously, the Acropolis is a, a very popular site for a lot of customers visiting Athens. So the tour I'd recommend is our panoramic Athens and Acropolis visit tour. So it's going to give you a lovely view of Athens um, on a panoramic drive around the city, where you'll see some of the world's most famous monuments. You get a chance to see the changing of the guards in Constitution Square, which is quite a sight if you've not seen that before. And of course, it does also include um, a guided tour of the Acropolis. So from there, you'll see the Pantheonic Stadium, the Temple of Zeus, and it's all included within the prize. And you will have your guide there as well. So they're going to bring that to life for you and explain about all the different sites and the history um, that Athens has to offer. And then the tour kind of ends up um, in Plaka, which is the shopping district of Athens, where you'd have a little bit of free time there to maybe get some refreshments, get some souvenir shoppings for your, love, uh, for your loved ones back home or anything like that, maybe grab some lunch as well. So it's a perfect tour that really gives the best of Athens um, in one excursion. So I definitely recommend that for any customers who are visiting Athens and want to take in the Acropolis. All right, Susan has last question, recommendations for Capri tours. We're heading there on Oasis of the Seas. So yeah, we do have a few private excursions that take in Capri. So the one I'd always recommend is the Enchanting Capri and Anna Capri private tour. Now, obviously, with Capri, it lies just off the coast of Naples. Um, so you'd be met at the port of Naples. You would then board a jet foil boat that would take you across over the island. So you're going to get some gorgeous views there along the Amalfi Coast while you're taking that boat ride. And first stop when you get to the island of Capri is you would take a drive all the way to the top of the island to a town called Anna Capri which, of course, gives some gorgeous uh, views over the island itself and across, um, across the oceans. And you'll have a bit of free time in Anacapri, where if you want you to maybe grab a refreshment, do some souvenir shopping, or you could take a chairlift that would take you to the top of Monte Solaro, um, again, which is the mountain on the top of Capri. And you can imagine from there, the views would be absolutely breathtaking. You know, if you are into photography or something like that, it's a definite must for you. And then once you've taken in Anna Capri and the sites there, you then move down the island to Capri Town, the jewel of the island. And from here, you'd have some free time. The guide will happily recommend um, some places for you to take lunch, um, maybe go for a drink or anything like that. The guide will happily recommend that for you. But you could just really relax there and take the day at your own pace. And, um, you know, it's one of the most gorgeous islands in the world. And it's, it's a definite to see. If you're in Naples um, and that's on your list, 
I would 100% recommend this private tour. You can check out all of these excursions we talked about today at cruisingexcursions.com. Thank you so much, Rob. I appreciate it. You're very welcome, Doug. A pleasure as always. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.